0: Is the wealthy contractor podcast brought to you by G4 marketing interviews with today's top home improvement entrepreneurs about marketing, sales, money, mindset and lifestyle. Now here's your host, Brian Cascavalsian.
1: All right, everybody. Welcome to the wealthy contractor podcast. This is Brian Cascavalsian with G4 marketing group. And on today's episode, I have got my my friend and client, Dan Callies from Oak Creek Plumbing. Dan is a very cool guy, very, very smart, runs a, a great business. We're going to learn about, about his business here in a few minutes. Um, what's unique about his business is that he's got a service business and a remodeling business kind of under the same roof. So I want to Talk to him a little bit about that and, uh, see how all of that works. So Dan, welcome to the podcast. Well, thanks, Brian. Definitely
0: appreciate the the time and a a vote of confidence for for actually calling me and trying to get some insight.
1: (laughs) So yeah, so let's see, uh, let's see what insight you will share. I have heard you before. Uh, sharing your, uh, your wisdom. So, um, I'm very confident, uh, that we're yes, going to get yeah. some good stuff here. So, hey, okay. Dan, let's, let's start off with give everybody kind of the two minute story on your business.
0: Sure, fair enough.
1: And, and it's a, a family owned
0: business. I'm second generation in the company. Uh, my, my folks did started in 72. Um, basically, uh, again, a plumbing company. My, my dad was, you know, new construction and that's really where the main focus was. Then the eighties kind of came along when interest rates went up to the, the 18% and the, the builders I was working for kind of went away. So he just said, Hey, I got to put food on my family's table somehow. So he just expanded or just, took on anything that came his way. So he really became more of, he'll do a new house one day, he'll be on service repair the next day, Uh, the next day he'll work for another remodeling company or just doing plumbing for whatever, however it, it came about. At at one point, my dad had seven plumbers working for him and basically had to let them all go just because the the work went away. Uh, But my dad persevered, and he had a lot of persistence to to keep things going, picked up what he could. He had some unique things going at that point, kind of ahead of his time. He actually even had a showroom that he developed, basically a a parts center with some other showroom items that he he had a real retail establishment that he uh, opened up as well that helped bring in some other money as well. At that point, my mom got into the business, and between the two of them, uh, uh, they were you know, running business and doing what they can. Um, then in the 84, I graduated from high school, and I'm like, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I don't if I'm not, if I don't know what I'm going to do. I'll, all right, I'm going to try this plumbing thing. Uh, so I got into the apprenticeship, and it was a tough little thing for me to, to adapt for, for a period of time, about a year. I, I just wasn't grooving on, like a, a plumber. Then something clicked. And I don't know what it was when I was going through my apprenticeship I was a guy in the back of the class kind of disengaged and you're not really asking questions and, and something clicked uh, um it said you know what I, I just started picking up the code book and I just started reading it and it's just like oh all right this is cool I was the guy in the back of the class now I'm the guy in the front of the class asking questions and answering questions and interpreting things and challenging things and I just I really became a student of plumbing I, and I, again I there's no secret sauce that that occurred. it just happened.
1: So were you actually out in the field as a plumber at the beginning? Um, I were working with my dad and my dad was my, my instructor,
0: my mentor and it, it, so and I really didn't touch plumbing when I was in high school growing up. I really didn't get into the business till I graduated from high school then about yeah. a year after.
1: but you were um, actually out in the field as a plumber. As a plumber, working, yeah, as an apprentice for my dad, yes. Wow, okay. Yeah. So uh, um,
0: at that point, it was just actually just my dad and myself and my mom was the company. Um, and again, we're, we're taking anything that we can. And, you know, we, we did all right. You know, we, we were able to put food on the family. We put, put a little bit of profit in, and it, it was it was a cool thing. Um, then my dad was out in California visiting my brother. Um, and he went to the swap meeting and he saw this thing called a tub liner. It was a, it was an acrylic tub that went over an existing tub and had acrylic walls that went over existing walls. He's like, wow, that's kind of cool. So he got the company's name. When he came back to, to, town here, he called them up and he said, well, and that company manufacturer was out in Arizona. They said, you know what? That's a little far. There's actually a closer manufacturer to you down in Chicago. Yeah, called luxury bath system. So we developed the relationship with them, and also now I became a plumber and I became a, a tub liner <laughs> installer. Um, again, we had to do everything. That was you know we wore every hat. So that's uh, I was out in the field one day doing plumbing, the next day I was you know, putting tub liners in. Um, but I, I again, they're all challenges. I enjoyed them all, but I also knew that I wanted something a little bit more than just. Every day, uh, I love working with my hands, but I knew I, I wanted something bigger than what what was just working with my hands. And um, so over the years, my, my folks have, uh, um, they, they allowed me to go to different uh, uh, seminars, courses, uh, events. Uh, the PHCC has been a big part of helping me learn the craft of the business part of the the plumbing uh, um, uh, industry. Um so I, they gave me some really good roots on on just some concepts of how to, to operate a business
1: What is the yeah. business what does the business look like today so I know you've got the sure. service side of the business how many how many trucks do you have on the service side? Sure right now we're running eight, eight eight trucks on the on the service side cool and then again I think what makes you kind of unique is you also have a remodeling. Correct. Vision, I guess you you would call yep. it because it's under the same essentially under the same roof. What do you do on the remodeling side? Sure, and when we brought the
0: tub liners in, that was the acrylic tub liners and wall system. That kind of opened the door for remodeling. Since we were looking at this wet location, we were kind of focused on that. But we were like, well, since we're here, we well put a new toilet and put a new vanity in. Well, we can do the flooring too. We can do so. We really. Um, that kind of, um, that's how the birth of remodeling became into Oak Creek Plumbing. Uh, we even rebranded, re-identified our company a little bit by calling ourselves Oak Creek Plumbing Kitchen and Bath. Um so we have actually even grown outside of just bathrooms to doing complete kitchen remodels. And so that has really, really grown into its actual own division within our company. So we have a demand service and repair division and then we have a complete kitchen and bathroom remodel division. Um, got about 3,000 square foot showroom um, we have our, our um, on staff uh, consultants uh, sales uh, we do have uh, some of our carpenters on staff we'll take a lot of the, the project in-house but we will sub out some of the specialty items as far as the, the electrical or there's some other design or other things that we need to bring in specialty contractors will bring some horsepower in on that side
1: cool which
0: side of the business do you like better yeah, that's a great question because in, in heart I'm a master plumber I mean I went through apprenticeship, but the funny part is I love business more so it 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 almost got to the point it doesn't matter what we're doing It's just the business aspect of it um, is is really in my heart so if one would go away
1: i i I don't have a favorite child you know it's like hey, they both mean so much to me so it's interesting what you just said and that's and again that's part of what makes you successful is you this is business you you like that it's business it doesn't matter so much that it's service or remodeling it, business is business so yeah yeah, can you talk a little bit more about that because something happened along the way that got you to think less of yourself as okay i'm just I'm a plumber and I'm gonna go out and fix stuff all day to what I really am is a businessman, and I'm going to build business. So can you sure. pinpoint, like, when did that kind of happen for you, and what did that look like? Yeah, and you know, kind of jogging the memories back,
0: and I remember there was two people early in my career that just resonated with me, and, and one was Maurice Mail um, out of San Diego, and he had a system for his – it was a service plumbing business, but he had a system for what – he developed and it was just it, it just was like holy cow this my eyes just opened up and said this is work on your business not in your business mentality and um another guy was uh, tom grandy from grandy associates out of arkansas just a great business consultant and really as far as the the numbers part of the business and, and the financial part of it really opened up my eyes and saying hey okay this is how this is how you should charge for this this is how you should put these numbers together you know this is how you you know, morph into those those profits and, and and that you need to operate your business. So between those two guys, I think gave me the foundation really to open up to explore other things. Of course, then looking at the Michael Gerber, the E Myth, was another mind blower saying, "Holy, you know, this is this is the roadmap." And, and then the councils, other seminars, other books. I'm a avid uh book. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't say I'm a book reader. I'm a book listener. Probably more so than a reader. Um, Um, but I'm constantly looking at some different ways of of approaching business and looking at the numbers, looking at the management side of it, looking at the marketing side of it.
1: What was the toughest thing for you to do when you came to this realization that, hey, it's business, it's about systems? What was the toughest thing that you came up against to switch because you basically have to make a switch. You got to switch from yeah. thinking like a plumber to thinking like an entrepreneur, to thinking yeah, like a right, business right. owner. And what was your what was your big challenge when that started yeah. to happen? You know, and that's that's another really
0: good question. And looking back at what I did, and looking now, the way I did it was probably pretty stupid. I was probably stupid enough to be successful because what I took a that? little bit of blind faith. I took I made. I made some decisions that worked well that a normal person wouldn't have made because there's so much risk there. Like part of it was getting out of the, let's say getting out of the truck and just making that transition from in the truck to tomorrow I'm not out of the truck. And I really didn't run the numbers when I did that. I said, well, today I'm just not going to be in the truck. I'm going to have someone else do this. I really didn't plan it as well as I could have. My contention, maybe if I would have
1: overthought it, I probably never would have gotten out of the truck. Yes, that's true. It's very true. Can I – Dan, I'm sorry to cut you off because this is really good, but I just want to make a comment to the listener. So Dan just used a term um, that we use a lot, and it's called getting out of the truck, and it's in service-based businesses. um, They call it getting out of the truck. When I had a carpet cleaning business, it was – for me, it was getting out of the truck. However – if you are in, so a lot of our listeners, Dan, you know, they sell windows, they sell roofing, they sell siding, one day bath. And, and, and what happens is what holds them back is their version of getting out of the truck. And for a lot of people, it's the sales process that they are the yeah. salesman for their business. And so whenever Dan is talking about getting out of the truck, the equivalent for you, the owner of a company that is doing windows or roofing or siding is the equivalent for that is you not being the lead salesperson or, uh, you know, a big contributor um, in, in sales. It's letting, bringing in systems and processes and people to run that so that you can get off the truck and go to be in the office and really work on growing the business. So I just, Dan, I just wanted to make sure that, you know, this is not necessarily only a conversation about how to be a successful plumber or to build a plumbing company. What Dan is talking about, these are basic business decisions that you have to make in order to take the business to the next level. Correct. And, and the kind of, um, Brian Elias was at the Dave Yoho seminars last
0: weekend, and he said, hey, if you're doing a job in your business, you're holding that business back. Mm -hmm. and you got to figure out if if it's mark if you're doing the marketing person in your business you got to find someone to do marketing and i shouldn't say you've got to but you have to be conscious of the decisions that you're making that you're what you're doing in your business what are you not doing to work on your business and there's just a fine line of you know when do you work in it and when do you work on it and some sometimes some people have passion some people are marketers and hey that's their passion they gotta do that. Well, then they gotta find someone else to work on their business or in other areas to, to surround them with their, with the things that need to get done with the people around
1: them. So, you know, what's interesting is you said, you just one day said, okay, I'm not in the truck anymore. I think that's actually a really, really smart move. So you made that decision. So you put somebody else in the truck. Was it hard for you or did you know, okay, I'm not going to go do plumbing eight hours a day because now I know I'm going to go do this for it. You know, whatever the, this was to grow the business for eight hours. Was that kind of how it happened? It kind of how it happened. I mean, of course
0: we need someone to replace me that was in the, in the truck. Yep. And again, I think just, do this referral, of, I met a plumber who got laid off from another shop. We talked a little bit. Yeah, they sound pretty cool. All right, you're hired. So he kind of came in, and it wasn't a really good interview process or anything. He just said, oh, okay. Again, it was probably more of a dumb luck that he ended up being a good, good fit for our company. And then he knew someone else. Okay, so we brought another person, another person in, and it's just how it kind of the referral process of just bringing people into for those billable hours, uh, kind of just came came along. It wasn't. I mean, it was a vision, it was a dream, but there wasn't a. It wasn't a written plan of saying I'm going to be you know at six million dollars by this date at all. I mean, it, it was it was definitely just a, a normal evolution of, of of a pro
1: business. So it's funny. It sounds like you kind of you grew the business kind of organically, but at the same time. Yeah. In order to bring these people on, it, it the phone doesn't magically ring. So were you Correct. then Correct. getting involved with marketing, uh, making leads, yeah. developing customers? Is that kind of what you were focused on during that time? I, I Ray Kroc from McDonald's. You know, I, I saw a picture of one. On him
0: on a cover of magazines, i forgot what it was, but behind it it's an advertise 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 that's you know it's kinda like you better advertise that's I kind of went out there and I really started branding the company um with by with radio with newspaper uh we up our yellow pages we we kind of just really try to get to the point of of making us the 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 known plumber and 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 tub liner um company in the area uh did a lot of the home shows. And such. So yeah, a lot of my focus was on those dollars and I was spending dollars and I'm like, oh, I hope they come back. Um,
1: well, I was going to ask you, where did that money come from?
0: Yeah, in some of it, of course, with the capital, with the, what we brought in, some of it, we, we kind of took money, borrowed it through profits. We're able to finance some of the marketing. It's kind of a because we upped our marketing. We almost doubled our marketing. Dollars, uh, compared to what my parents were doing. And then when I came in, which they, my parents really didn't have a marketing budget at all, all of a sudden I'm spending, um, almost $100,000 in marketing at that point. Um, yeah, it was a, it was a scary, scary time because we were making this investment, not, of course, the, the, the investment always had precedes the dividends. Um, so we were making this, hopefully it's going to come back and in, in just volume of work.
1: And obviously, you tracked it because otherwise, you probably would have gone out of business a long time ago had you not yeah, been yeah. tracking what was working and what wasn't working. Correct. correct. In, in those days, it was tough to track, per se. I mean, we yeah.
0: don't have the, the tools now that we have uh, with the, the phone monitoring systems and the PPCs and all the, the digital aspects. But back then, we just asked people, you know, hey, where did you, where'd you get a name from? Um, and we just tried out. It, it was more... It was a gut feeling with some sort of verification on the backside. It wasn't a great verification, but it was at least some verification.
1: Yeah. Builder Prime is changing the game for home improvement contractors. Imagine having everything you need to help your business grow in one place CRM, estimating marketing automation with SMS, production management software, and now call center dialer integration. All wrapped into one easy-to-use package. And it's never been easier to switch CRMs. Hundreds of contractors trust Builder Prime to grow their businesses with powerful reporting tools to see which leads are making money, which sales reps are the top performers, and where to optimize for the greatest impact. We're talking about winning more jobs, boosting productivity, and delighting your customers. Are you ready to fuel your business growth even faster without all the daily frustrations of your current tech stack, you owe it to yourself, your team and your business to learn why everyone is switching over to Builder Prime. The only true does it all CRM for home improvement contractors. Head over to builderprime.com and request a personalized demo with an expert today. And so what, how long ago was that, that you kind of started that transition? Um, I'm gonna say probably the late mid to late 90s. Okay. Yeah, I mean you've been running this business for a really long time. And what do you do now? What do you do now in the business? What's your your main role? Chief cook, bottle washer. Um,
0: kind of I guess as a business owner. And that's some of the challenges I have every day. I come into work. I'm like, oh, well, what am I gonna do today? You know, it's. It, it, it's it's i work in a world of no deadlines and i think we talked a little bit about that yes (laughs) Um, you come to work and there's really nothing that's pressing i got to get this done at four o'clock today or i'm done or this is completed so i have to work i'm really working on next week next month next year which can be somewhat of a challenge to stay stay focused on those things so sometimes these little pet projects come through and you want to You know, jump on those things because it gives us a sense of accomplishment. But sometimes we have to work on a little bit more
1: larger, uh, a little bit broader items out there. So it sounds to me like, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds to me like if you didn't show up to work today, all you guys would go out, they would fix your customers' problems. Your other guys would go out and sell stuff and install stuff and bring checks into the business. And the business would pretty much operate if you didn't show up there today or tomorrow. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, and it might even run better if I'm not here.
0: Sometimes I get in the <laughs> way of my stupid <laughs> – Have, <you tested> <laughs> Have you tested that? Let's try this today, guys. Yeah. So I'm uh, going to be gone very much so. I mean, everyone for a month. That would not be a problem as far as my responsibilities within the company.
1: You know, and I think what's really cool about learning from somebody like you and hearing about this is, a, it's not an overnight thing. I mean, obviously Dan's been working at this for for quite some time, but you made some really important decisions and decisions that are not easy to make. And and it almost sounds like you made them easier than a lot of people. You didn't really think it. To death and talk yourself out of it. You I, just yeah. said, Hey, I got to do this. So that's it. it. I'm well, out of the truck.
0: When we did flat rate pricing, when we went bait that transition, it's like, this is what we're doing,
1: you know,
0: and I knew there's going to be pushback. I knew there's going to be resistance and, and all these, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. But when we made that transition, now it just becomes
1: our culture within our company that we do upfront pricing. It, yeah. it's just it's, that's, that's how we do it. And that's the what right mean, way you, yeah. in that business. Yeah. That's the right way to do it. Yeah. That's the way you make yeah. – that's the way you're profitable in a service business is by having flat rate pricing. And yet you still have a lot of people that are doing it the old way just because they're afraid. And,
0: and I'm going yeah. and, and to say flat rate is a culture for us. I don't know if you have to be flat rate to make money. Um, that's the, the, the way we chose to, I I know some guys doing TNM, they're doing great. You know, they have a system that they figured out and it's, it's just the process and the culture, um, that's there. I think it's more for us. I I like, I know if I was a customer, just give me the price, what it's going to be. I don't want the surprise at the end. I know some customers want, don't like that. And I get that. I mean, we, maybe we're not a good fit for them.
1: Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I I had a meeting yesterday um with the owner of a very successful um roofing company. And I it was really interesting because we had this conversation about um, you know, how have you grown the business so much? I mean, he's grown the business pretty dramatically over, over these last few years and very much like you. I mean, it's been very, it's about system. It's about process. It's about putting the right people in the, in the, in the right place. And he talked about something that most, I, I'd say 98% of companies in his space have a hard time doing. And that is, Self-generating leads. The salespeople actually may have to make their own leads. And I don't know if you remember, but last week this actually came up yeah. um, at the, at the Yoho meeting that you and I were at last week. And in the hallway, there was a conversation with, um, with the guy that essentially created that rule in his company, uh, Murray Gross. And me and a couple of other people and a really smart guy asked Murray, hey, do you think that that would work today? And Murray said, you know, I think you'd have a really hard time making that work today. And I agreed with it. And then yesterday, there's this guy that that I'm having this meeting with, and his guys are required to self-generate leads. I'm not going to say what the percentages are, but let's just say they're pretty significant. And I asked them, how are you getting them to do that? Because nobody else can get their salespeople to do that. He said, Brian, when they come in, that's just the way that they're taught. This is how we do it here. Right. And so, and the reason I I brought that whole thing up is because what you said is, is right. You're going to get some pushback, but you made the decision for us. The right move is to do flat rate pricing. As an example, we could talk about uh, uh, pricing structure, price increases, charging the right price, self-generate, whatever it is. But it's this is how we do it here. So yeah, let's it's go with culture. it, right? And, and if, if it doesn't fit for you, then this is not the right company for you, and you gotta let them go. Right. It right. echoes and, and and employees and customers. Right. Sometimes yeah, you know, both sides. That. It, Yes, you're absolutely right. Employees and customers. And I'm sorry I cut you off, but I just really wanted to make that point because so many people are afraid of the customer. It's like, well, wait a minute, you know, they have to do business the way with you the way that you do business. But well, there's one person said he probably made more
0: money not working for the people he shouldn't have yeah. than, than trying to you know, to provide a service to everyone out there, and, and it just it, it too many headaches, too many. You know, life's too short to deal with that type of and and those customers are for certain companies. I get it. You know, low price leader, we're not, you know. So if if you're looking for the low price leader out there, if that's your deciding factor, maybe we shouldn't talk any further. That's okay. I wish you the best of luck. Yeah. I think Herb Keller from uh, um Southwest, there uh, there's an old story out there of a um a, a woman who uh, always flew first class. Well, Southwest doesn't have first class. They just have you know, general boarding and, and such. She wrote, every time she flew Southwest, she'd write her a letter. Yeah, this, this is wrong. You, you do this wrong. This is wrong. You need to do these things. Um, if you don't change these things, I'm, I'm never going to fly your, your airline again. And wrote her a letter back and said, hey, we'll miss you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's just like, hey, you don't, you don't fit our, our thing. And again, not, you're not a bad person. You're not wrong. It's just we can't be something that, that we're not. Yeah. And that's, it, it took many years to, for that to dig into. And it's because it's scary. It's a scary thought because we want, all want to be people pleasers and we all want to be that, Right. you know, that, that resource. But we have to understand, you know what? There are different levels. That's why you have fast food chains and that's why you have top line restaurants. People have choices that, that, that they feel best in. And uh, then when you decide what market you want to play in, how do you be the best contractor? How do you be the, the contract of choice to that? base of clients
1: how do you do that
0: oh you know and asking questions is is part of it is just what are you we survey we we ask our customers how we're doing and 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 we 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 get beat up and then we kind of look at when we do get beat up well is this justifiable or is is this person really have something that we have to change some of our policies and ways on Um, so we kind of review each time we get a comment, which we're, we're so thankful when, when customers comment. And we all, we always, of course, want that, you know, grade A five star rating. Um, cool. Thank you very much for those. But sometimes we learn more from the ones that say, Hey, you missed the mark here. Then we have a decision to make. Well, is that a mark we were never aiming for? Or is that something? Yeah, we got, we need to shore this, this area up. Yeah. And the customer will let you know if, I guess you'll know you're succeeding is by how busy you are. <laughs> That's true. That's very true, right? You, you know, right. And then also, you know, how many people? It's one of the key questions out there that we ask is, would you refer us to someone else? And of course, if they say yes or no, and if they, if if we, if you get too many, and basically, if 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 our complaint rate above seven percent. Uh, on that question, then, then we have a, then we kind of raise it up and said, okay, let's, you know, what's going on here? If it's 5% of of our responses come back, no, I wouldn't recommend you like, uh, okay. I and mean, we'll still look at them, but it, it's not a, we know it's not a culture within our company that has, is not evolving to what our clients want.
1: Yeah, but I like that. It's 7%. You know that that's your marker yeah. if yeah. you go beyond that, that you've got an issue. Right. And, yeah, and, of right. course, you know, we deal every day with reviews, referrals, and repeat business, and yeah. you're absolutely right. right. How do you know it's working? It's, well, we're busy, you know. <laughs> so how do you know that? Yeah. It, it, Top line, that's the that's easy one right there. Yeah, it, it, we're busy, but also it, it, there's a measure of how many five-star reviews are you getting, how much of your business is coming from your relationship with your customers, referrals and repeat business. And I know this is something that's important for you. Um, one of the things that I just wanted to point out before I I forget and we we are going to start to wrap up here with Dan is I, I, I say this in almost every interview that I do and that is that success leaves clues. And you got to look for the clues and throughout this, we're at, you know, almost 50 episodes of the wealthy contractor podcast. And when I talk with people like Dan and part of the reason why I asked Dan to be here is because I know that he's going to leave you, um, a trail, um, that is the same trail that many of the other people that I've interviewed. And one of the things that was, that's been very clear with Dan. Um, if you haven't noticed, I'm going to point them out. He mentioned Ray Kroc, amazing entrepreneur. He mentioned Herb Kelleher, amazing entrepreneur. He mentioned books. He mentioned mentors. He mentioned seminars. Um, Dan did not feel like, hey, and and yeah, that sounds funny. I'm talking for you, and you're right here, um, but. You didn't just say, "Well I'm Dan and I got to figure all this out by myself. you actually went out seeking advice and 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 um help from other people living dead With, yeah books live seminars audio whatever. how important yeah. is that to you oh my yeah, yeah. you
0: know it, well for me it was a game changer of of learning and being exposed to this information that's out there i mean um I mean how much time do we spend in our cars a day and just i mean i'm constantly i, I have audible uh it's a um, it's an app that goes on the phone and i'm downloading books i mean it's if someone doesn 't have audible, get it. it just get it and there's the business books that are in there and and the 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 mind right books I, I like to call them are are just to get your get your mindset and get your knowledge of the business it's humongous. it 's humongous it's I do not have an MBA. Um, that just wasn't a career path or a choice. Me neither. And when I graduated from high school, I, you know what? I'm not a. I was not college bound. Um, you know, do, do I do I wish I went to college? Man, yeah, sometimes I mean, maybe I miss the parties that I, you know, <laughs> that would have been cool, or or the the social environment of college that would to you, or even sometimes the networking ability that college can bring you. I maybe mean, I missed out on that part of it. But the educational part of it, how I, I think. What I've learned is through the books and through exposure and through just always being a student of business uh, and student of, of human behavior. Actually, it's another big one. You have to understand human behavior to, to understand when we're, we're, we're going to draw that line in the sand and say, hey, this is where we're at with this type of individual or, or the, what, they're, what they're doing or what they're going through. You just have to understand those things to know how to attack them or part ways. But you're right. The, the, the mentors and the, the continuing education, I, the, the people I look up to, they're, they're always constantly talking about other philosophers and other books that they've read. And when they mention a book that they read, then I go get that book. Uh, yeah. I just, just uh, I just bought the book. I have it right in front of me right now. The Chuck Gotcho book, Simon Says. Um, oh my God!
1: Right. I'm, Life. Yeah. I'm reading that book too. Yeah. How crazy. Yeah. Somebody recommended oh. that book to me uh, yep. about a month ago. So it's just cool. Just, it's
0: just asking questions, always being in, in um, what do you want to say? Uh, inquisitive, always asking, always just, you know, well, why, why this, or this happened? What, what are your thoughts on this? Never the person with the most answers I find with is not normally the person I want to talk to all the time. The person
1: <laughs> who's asking a ton of questions like, wow, that's, Right, great information from questions. right, the person that's listening um not yeah. the one that's talking all the time, yeah, I like that right well Dan, this has been this has been fantastic um yeah. thank you for uh taking time out of your day to do this i I appreciate it any you know one thing I wanted to ask you is. What, what's one thing that, you know, knowing what you know now, what's one thing you might have done different five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago yeah. that would have moved you to success faster?
0: That's yeah. a great question. I, I don't, and I don't know if I have a direct answer. I, I want to say I'm a real business as far as I've made mistakes. I've, I've made, you know, I don't want to come across that it's unicorns and rainbows here yeah, no. we still have issues every single day and and I don't want to say there's one thing that's going to be a game-changer if someone says that I, I they're probably not really being honest with themselves there's a hundred things that you have to look at and I know that can be an overwhelming number but you've got to pick them and and just hey today I have a feeling of working on this uh, to change our company but with that being said, having the figuring out your social awareness, self awareness, what you're strong at, what you're not strong at, and then surround your people, surround yourself with people around you that fill those gaps is, is so advice.
1: crucial. Yeah, I, and that's I, great I, advice. It's great advice. Oh, just, one more thing, because, it, because it, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. Finish your thought. You know what? Now I
0: lost my thought. Thanks a lot. I, I have fun. the shiny object syndrome, so yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. i sorry. Mean, yeah, we both have
1: all over the We're place. both competing. ADP. Um yeah. No, one thing I I wanted to ask you. Um, we're, we've gone way over on on time here, but um, if you don't mind, I like how you refer to certain types of books. as called mind right books. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have a favorite or a couple favorites? of mind right books
0: yeah that you could share one right yeah
1: the one that really stuck
0: out to me and, and that was for some reason self-inflicted i was in a dark place for a period of time my own demons that are just you know my bad talk within my mind yeah it's a book called uh, uh, leadership and self-deception Um, a great book as far as just putting your mind back into the right mindset and just kind of putting things in perspective um it's by the arbinger group um great great book i would just in fact i think i read it yeah yeah and they also wrote the, the the anatomy of peace um and then uh what's the other one they wrote um the outward mindset um there's almost i think a three book series they kind of uh, go on each other um but just they're they're they are totally mind right books awesome and they're by the arbinger the arbinger institute interesting part they don't have an um author because that's their philosophy is this is a this is our group this is what we do and then we're gonna we're gonna provide this information not based on one person's perspective this is a cool a group perspective. Arbiter yeah,
1: really Institute. Really. I'm going to look
0: that up. Can, I, also a, I also have to put a, I also have one more push for QSC, of course. I know some of your past clients are, I've um, talked about the QSC being, a, being involved in association with other like-minded business people. I think that's yes. humongous as well. You got to be part of that, whether it be a NERI, which is a national associate of Remodeling industry um, the, the WBA or the, um, the, the builders association, plumbing, uh heating, cooling contractors association, get involved in those, uh, not only what you can get out of it, but what you can give back to it. And then there's some whole other reasons uh, why to be a member, but, and also I want to thank you, man. You, you've got giants on your pipe podcast. I, I commend you for the people that you bring in their perspectives. And if someone's not, Someone's gotta just take this as part of their vocabulary or their, their, um, encyclopedia of, of information and wealth there. So you do a great job, Ryan. Definitely. Cool, appreciate I
1: appreciate that. Bring every, every uh, podcast. I appreciate that. Thank you. Well, everybody. So, uh, there you go. That's Dan Callies. And again, Dan, thank you so much, um, for, uh, sharing your time and your experiences with us and, um, Everybody listening, this is Brian Kaskavalsian with G4 Marketing Group. This is the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. And until next time. All right, so that's it for today's episode of the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. Let me ask you, did it help you look at your business in a new way? Did it spark an idea or ideas you hadn't thought of before? Do you have a list of action items that you can take and implement into your business or your life today? We started the Wealthy Contractor as a resource to help you, the home improvement entrepreneur, regardless of where you are on the wealthy scale, get where you want to go. We want to provide you with the motivation, the confidence, the resources, and the tools so you too can live the life of the Wealthy Contractor. Now, the Wealthy Contractor is a place where it's okay for you to want it all. In fact, it's not only okay it's encouraged. So until next time, this is Brian Kaskovalsian with G4 Marketing